Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast. I'm Chaz Hathaway. Now, a lot of these near-death experiences that we've been sharing are what might be considered exceptional near-death experiences, meaning these ones in the archives of, of the many, many, many that are submitted, uh, they are so in-depth and they, and they have a bigger story than the average. And what I thought I would do today, just to give you a taste of maybe uh, a more accurate description of what might be expected for someone who is going to have a near-death experience. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to enderf.org, Near-Death Experience Research Foundation website, and I'm going to just read some of the most recent entries. That means these are near-death experiences that have been submitted recently uh, by people who have had them. They've maybe had the experience and they're looking for answers or maybe they're familiar with the site and they know, or, or maybe they were told about this website and they say, well, I should put my experience on that I had several years ago, whatever. And uh, so these are just people's experiences. And um, these are not necessarily people who are writing books or touring the planet telling people about heaven. These are just mostly, I mean, uh, it could be anybody is basically what I'm saying. And these are just people who have had near-death experience and submitted it. So we're going to start with Gary F. on, again, this is N-D-E-R-F dot org. Gary is from Australia, and this was submitted today. I woke in a hospital bed without the energy to even grow a fingernail. It took me maybe 15 minutes to be able to get the buzzer to alert medical staff of my condition. They immediately responded with a crash cart and more staff than you could fit into the room. During this early intervention time, I left my body. I didn't see myself in bed, but I left the body for sure. I went to a place where I had no body and drifted in space above a hard, flat surface. I was a long way off the ground. I was drifting while being suspended, but still awake, was still wide awake, and very aware of my surroundings. I was above a sky filled with individually colored drops like the candy of licorice, or differently colored candies with chocolate inside. There were millions and millions of them coming from the right to the left, above me and filling the sky. Actually, they were the sky. Although I was far off, I could see each one individually as they were pushed or making their way across the sky. I could have watched them for hours and hours. I could move by just thinking about being somewhere different. The chocolate multicolored drops were moving to a point in the sky where they were falling down like a waterfall. They were dropping from a long way up as a wall of multicolored drops falling into a large gap beyond or a gap in the ground below me. I moved closer to the edge of the gap and peered over the edge. I couldn't see the bottom at all as Millions of these candies fell down from the sky to the bottom of a waterfall somewhere deep below me. The experience was amazing. I would return to that place today any time without hesitation. 
if it was offered to me. In total, I was away for maybe two or three hours. I later learned that the medical staff had to remain in my room for the entire morning. Someone was watching me without pause or break for hours and hours. I didn't move in my physical body for about four, maybe five hours during this medical event. That is the end of that experience. Interesting, isn't it? The, what it what's the deal with the little candy things? I mean, I don't know. I've heard of I've heard of stars that are actually people that were headed in the same way. You know, if he had gone down this hole, would he have gone to the light? I don't know. I just don't know. Fascinating though. Okay, this is from Richard G. from Canada. This was submitted two days ago on uh, the 15th. And he says, At the time of my experience, the time my experience happened, I had been diagnosed with heart trouble. One day I was, when I was standing in the living room, I started not feeling well and collapsed to the floor. I was alone in my apartment. While unconscious, I found myself in an empty space. Then I started watching my whole life being reviewed in front of me. The emphasis seemed to be on good and bad events. After the presentation ended, I was asked one question. On which side are you? And I had to choose between the good or the bad side. At that moment, there was no chance to manipulate an answer. You had to tell the truth. It felt like my soul answered this question. I answered, I love God with all of me. Then I sent these feelings of love to our Creator. After a moment, my soul received love from the other side. It was so huge that if God's love were an ocean, my love would have been one drop of water. It felt like I, if I were to move any closer to that love, I would have, it would have absorbed me. This experience was a good lesson for me. I can say now that I know that our Creator is real. I no longer have any doubts. I have also experienced other mysterious events. For example, I saw my own birth. I was born in a hospital and I saw a doctor pulling me out of my mom's body. At that moment, I was holding the cord connecting me to my mom and was fully conscious of what I was doing. As I was being born, I was thinking about what was happening. With time, I started seeing people that had left this dimension and sometimes they would ask me to pass messages to their relatives. It is interesting to know that the very first time the spirit of a friend of mine asked me to pass a message to her family, I didn't do it. Instead, I asked someone else to do it, and they didn't do it, although I did not realize it till later. What happened was that a few days later, my friend showed up, my friend's spirit showed up, in front of me again while I was sitting in my apartment. As she was looking at me and I was looking back at her, I understood that her message had not been passed to her family. So I did it the very next day and at from that time on and from that time on I have never hesitated to follow through with this request from a spirit. However, this contact with spirits comes at a price. Negative energy used to attack me from time to time. But now I can see them coming, and whenever I do, they get paralyzed. It is a nice feeling to bring fear to fear itself. 
Another reason for the attacks might be that I'm able to heal some people by sending them positive energy. When that is going on, I feel like many needles are touching my hands. Distance doesn't exist. Sometimes it has been shown to me that an ill person is going to die, even though the doctors have said that the person is going to be okay. In one example, I was shown how sickness spreads within a human body. Also, one time I saw a sign that turned out to be an indication that a person was going to commit suicide in a few days. This is what the message looked like to me. My wife, myself, and a couple were sitting at a table, and all of a sudden, the head of our lady friend seemed to disappear. In place of her head, I saw a human skull. I turned my head away and looked back at the lady. I turned my head away and looked back at the lady. And I saw the same thing again, lasting a few more seconds. I kept trying to figure out what this might mean. In a few days, I found out the lady's cousin had hanged himself in, in Poland. Sometimes, although we may know what's going to happen, we cannot change someone's destiny. That is the end of Richard G.'s experience. Interesting. And uh, we haven't talked much about the after effects of the near-death experience, but it is worth mentioning briefly. Um, many people, after they've had a near-death experience, when they come back, they have certain abilities that they didn't have before. This is one of the things that was almost a deal-breaker for me when I learned about them, but uh, we'll go into that in more detail um, in another episode. The uh, The after effects because I think it's very worth mentioning and it's something that is worth studying and also can be just that little bit of knowledge can actually help a person recognize if they've had a near-death experience that is long forgotten because it was maybe it's a very small child or or because of the trauma around you know and, and brain damage or whatever uh, that may prevent somebody from being able to Remember it for a time. Oh, excuse me. Let's go to Fatma A. She is uh, from the UK. And hers is considered a possible near-death experience. Probably because of the circumstances of it. She did not uh, have a sickness or anything. She was in bed. She was sleeping. So she says, This experience happened in the middle of the night. I had been sleeping. My husband and I were sleeping in our double bed. During the night I woke up thinking of going to the bathroom. As I arose, I looked down up upon the bed and there was a woman sleeping beside my husband. That woman looked exactly like me. A carbon copy. I got scared and thought, But that can't be. Who is that? Suddenly I felt a presence nearby seeming to be about three feet away from me. I turned to look, and there was a man standing near the window. He was about six and a half feet tall, or two meters tall. His silver hair was combed back in a ponytail. He had blue eyes. His face was pale skin, silky smooth, and had a shine to it, reminiscent of the moon. He had no mustache nor beard. His clothes were all white, simple and neat. The man did not look scary to me at first, but after looking at him for a moment, I got scared. 
I found I could not speak from my mouth, but was able to communicate from with him from my brain. So I asked him, who are you? I got no reply. I asked him two more times, who are you? He finally replied, I am Allah's angel, and I have been sent to take your soul because you are dead now. I replied, no, I, I'm not dead. Look, I'm standing here with you. And the angel said, yes, you are dead. See, there's your body lying right there on the bed. I told the angel, no, it's not. That is a jinn or spirit lying beside my husband. It has simply taken my form. But the angel replied, no, that body lying beside your husband is your dead body, and you standing here is your soul. At that point, I started believing him and having sad feelings because I would have to leave my husband and my sleeping children. The angel, let's see, sorry, I lost my place. The angel gently held my hand as we floated out the window. The feeling of sadness vanished as we moved upwards toward the sky. Looking downward, I saw the roof of my house and then the other houses on my street. As we continued to move upwards into the sky, I saw everything getting smaller and smaller, and it looked all looked so beautiful. At first, the earth looked flat to me, but the further up we went into space, the more the earth appeared oval-shaped. Then, looking around, I saw we were passing planets, stars, and many galaxies. They looked very beautiful. I seemed to be going somewhere very, very far away, but in a short span of time, I suddenly jerked, and I wasn't there anymore. When I opened my eyes, I was in an incredibly beautiful, amazing garden that I cannot find words to describe. I was standing in this garden next to a huge gold and silver gate with many decorative shiny gems of different colors. The angel who was with me now stood on the other side of the gate. He said, you cannot leave this garden. This garden is your place, and you have to stay here until Judgment Day. I said to him, Take me back to my family now. My family or my children are small, and they will need me. I told the angel to speak to Allah and plead with him, Allah, my Lord, please, no matter what, you must send me back. The angel did not reply to me. He just disappeared. Then I felt like touring the garden. Looking around, I saw a massive pathway leading to many smaller paths. The ground sparkled with white sand. I didn't see any grass. There were many trees that were blossoming in different colors and putting forth lovely musical melodies. Flowers emanated their own light. I have never seen anything like this scene on earth. I picked up a handful of the white sand and threw it up in the air. It gave off golden sparkles and then disappeared. I saw beautiful birds of different sizes, shapes, and colors. As I watched the birds in flight, I saw light sparkling and glittering from their wings, and their bird calls sounded like beautiful melodies. The sky was a peach color. There were no clouds, no sun, moon, nor stars. The weather was perfect, calming, peaceful, and just pure happiness. The place felt like I belonged there, and I thought, this is my home. I walked up a path and came to a river where it divided into two forks. 
One fork was the color of milk, and the other fork was honey color. There were trees that had massive fruits, such as figs, apples, and grapes. Also, there were different types of fruits that I didn't have names for, as I had never seen them on earth. As I walked along the path, I approached some, some tall flowering plants. I moved, to the flower, or I moved the flowers aside to see what was behind them. There, I beheld a huge, massive palace with shining per, shiny pearl domes. Its bricks were transparent, yet glowing with a silvery gold color. And there, they were beautifully colored gems interspersed among the bricks. The palace glowed with a mighty golden color, and it had, an, had emerald, emerald green doors. I walked toward those doors, and they opened automatically for me, so I entered the palace. The carpets were silky green with a sequence of beautiful designs. I saw two golden thrones, decorated with green emeralds, red rubies, and silver. There were also lovely red silk chairs glittering from beautiful gems. Also, there were sparkling, swinging chairs of green and silver. I was going around touching everything and feeling so excited and so happy. I noticed that I was dressed in a peachy pink silk dress with pearls and diamonds. I was wearing golden shoes accented with pearls. I gazed around the interior of the palace and saw many doors. I opened one of the doors and found myself in a huge bathroom made of shiny cream-colored mar marble. The bathtub was round with water in it and it was full of floating lotus flowers. I also saw a beautiful ivory silk dress with decorative pearls and diamonds on it. It was amazing and then made my way outside of the palace to explore some more. First, I saw a huge multicolored bird sitting in a tree. It had a big beak and a feather crest like that of a cockatoo. The bird spoke to me, saying, Peace be upon you. I also saw a tree with, a gigantic, with gigantic multicolored flowers. I went over to that tree, and I felt that I could communicate with it. I then noticed the river which, or with the two forks and sat down near it. Suddenly, I was back on planet Earth. I heard a thump, an impact sound coming from my chest. I sat up with my heart racing. I was sweating, feeling pain in my chest, and was gasping for air. Okay, so that's the end of that experience uh, by Fatma. That is um, a great example of several things. One, an experience that does not take place surrounding a uh, nearly dying situation. Also, it's an illustration of what a near-death experience may be like for someone of a different cultural background. And I say that because I'm confident that this is someone who is Muslim or similar religion because the uh, angel that came addressed themselves as Allah's angel. So clearly, um, 
while there must be something to the different characters of the religious movements around the world, there is also something of, you know, somebody who is Christian may very well meet Christ. Someone who, in this case, uh, is maybe Muslim, they might meet Allah's angel or somebody else that would have the effect of a welcoming uh, character who is also a mentor and a teacher and a guide. Um, very interesting, very beautiful. Now these, I, I should say too, I did not read these ahead of time. Uh, I didn't know um, what they were going to talk about, but I'm glad we shared these because they're all three beautiful examples of different things, but all of them are characteristic of near-death experiences. Some little bits that are hard to understand, you know, like the little candies, um, or, you know, the idea of there being a, a, a bathroom in heaven. I mean, was this just a room for a bath, or was were there toilets, and did those, you know, toilets, are they a thing? I don't know, I mean, <laughs> but uh, what, a, what a beautiful little glimpse, little, it's a big glimpse, what a beautiful glimpse of heaven, and it's interesting to me that this person, um, their experience was filled with treasures and diamonds and and beautiful fine clothing and so forth. Um, you don't get that a lot, but there you go. I mean, people probably go where they would feel the most loved and happy. I don't know. It's a guess. But uh, we're going to go ahead and close up here. But... Uh, I encourage you to, if you are much of a reader, I encourage you to go and look up some of these experiences and read them. Put everything on a shelf. You can organize the shelves however you want. I recommend putting the things that really resonate with you closer to the top and those that just, whoa, no, that's just out there. You can put them closer to the bottom, but don't just throw them away, okay? Keep them around so that you can... Uh, refer back to them, maybe make more sense of them later. So with that, thank you again so much for listening.